Philippians 1, 3 through 6, 4, 10 through 20. I thank God every time I remember you in all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you and will carry it on to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you have renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you have been concerned, but you had no opportunity to show it. I am among, I am not saying that because I am in need, for I have learned to be content whatever the circumstances. I know what is to be in need, and I know what it is to have plenty. I have learned the secret of being content in any and every situation, whether well-fed or hungry, whether living in plenty or in want. I can do everything through Him who gives me strength. Yet it was good for you to share in my troubles. Moreover, as the Philippians know, in the early days of your acquaintances with the gospel, when I set out for Macedonia, not one church shared with me in the matter of giving and receiving except you only. Forever when I was in Thessalonica, you sent me aid again and again when I was in need. Not that I am looking for a gift, but I'm looking for what may be credit to you your account. I have received full payment and even more I am amply supplied. Now that I have received from Epithras the gifts you sent, they are fragment offering an acceptable sacrifice pleasing to God. And my God will meet all your needs according to His glorious riches in Christ Jesus. To our God and Father be glory forever and ever. Amen. All right, we're looking forward to uh, sharing with you today about advancing the cause of Christ through money. And uh, of course, again, just to thank you to Bruce for uh, coming and, and sharing with us a little bit about uh, the Gideon's ministry. And, and we have Gideon's who are members of our church. And so it's a ministry that's near and dear to our hearts. And, and we are thankful for their work in advancing the cause of Christ. Uh, not only here locally, but really around the world. Uh, I just have had the privilege of going to uh, you know a pastor's banquet that they've thrown before in, in gratitude to us and just hearing uh, about what they're doing. They were one of the first ones, maybe still the first ones, to get into China with Bibles. Um, and, and so they got you know legal permission. It was a big deal. Uh, so for so long we weren't able to get um, Bibles into China without uh, a little luck. <laughs> so, um, and, and so that's just, they do a huge work, and so we're grateful to be partners with them. Now, uh, today, you know, we pick up where we left off last week as we talk about advancing the cause of Christ, and as we talk about uh, this, what is the cause of Christ? And last week we said, well, Jesus made that pretty plain. He made it pretty plain when he uh, said that the reason the Father sent him was because the Father so loved the world. And that he came to seek that which was lost, that which was sick, that, not those who were well. Uh, he, 
he told his disciples before he left, after his resurrection, he said, All authority has been given to me in heaven and earth, therefore go make disciples, uh, you know, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey what I've taught you. And so we know what the cause of Christ is, and and Martin Luther spurs us on with this great quote, We need to pledge ourselves anew to the cause of Christ. We must capture the spirit of the early church. Wherever the early Christians went, they made a triumphant witness for Christ, whether on the village streets or in the city jails, they daringly proclaimed the good news of Christ. And so we want to do the same in our day and in our time. We live in a culture where oftentimes it's a difficult thing to promote the gospel. Um, Not because we get persecuted for it, uh, but maybe in fact because it's been so commonplace for so long and now so many people, especially in our younger generation, want nothing to do with organized religion of any kind and they're very open to exploring a lot of ideas and to say something like, well, Jesus is the way seems so narrow to them. And so it becomes this difficult thing to have a conversation about Jesus Christ. And so many of us have kind of retreated from doing so at all. And, and oftentimes then when we hear a message about outreach or about sharing our faith or promoting or advancing the cause of Christ, we get left with a feeling of guilt or a feeling of uh, just defeated, being defeated and feeling like, man, you know, going out there and talking about Jesus to all my coworkers or to my family is just awkward. It's not something that I'm comfortable doing. And so if you sit there, pastor, and tell me that it's something I'm supposed to be doing, then I'm just going to leave feeling defeated and deflated and guilty about it. And that is not the goal of this series, to leave you feeling that way. In fact, the goal is the opposite. Because I have been in your shoes, I would say that I am in your shoes in many ways. I am not one of those guys that even though I'm in ministry, you know, I'm good up here talking about the gospel all day long. Uh, But sometimes if you ask me to go, you know, talk to my cousin about it or, or go... To strike up a conversation at the store with a, with a stranger about it. You know, I'm going to say, eh, you know, <laughs> may not be my thing. And if you tell me, as I've been told by many people, that you know, if I don't do those things, then uh, then I'm somehow letting the church down. I'm not doing my part. Uh, I would say to you that, well, I don't think that's very biblical because we are all called to different purposes and to different roles in the church, uh, but. We should never use that as an excuse to let us off the hook of doing our part to advance the cause of Christ. And in fact, there are things and ways that we are all called to be a part of advancing the cause of Christ. And we're looking at a lot of those throughout the course of this series. We started last week with the number one, the number one thing, which is prayer. The number one way that we advance the cause of Christ. And Jesus emphasized it, and it's emphasized across Scripture, and especially in our New Testaments, that if we want to advance God's cause in this world, the number one thing we can do, the first thing we should do, the thing that will have the biggest impact for the cause of Christ is to pray. And sometimes we don't like that answer because we prefer to be doing something that feels like we're doing something, rather than just talking to God about it. And yet God keeps saying, this is doing something. Pray to me and ask God to send out workers. The harvest is there and ready and and workers are needed. Pray for those who are lost, for those who do not know Christ as their Savior. 
Pray for those who are in the mission field. Pray for people like the Gideons and different ones we support. Don't just send a check. Don't just do your part, but pray for them as you do it. And this week we, keep, we come on to uh, the number two way, you might say. Uh, beyond this, they're not really prioritized. But week one and week two, we're going to kind of prioritize. as the number one way and the number two way. That we are, and number two in the sense that perhaps this is mentioned second most. Uh, the author of the book, Best Kept Secret of Christian Missions, shares that, uh, in fact, by his count, uh, contributing financially to the gospel is second only to prayer as the most frequently urged gospel-promoting activity in the New Testament. Time and again, the New, our New Testaments talk about giving to advance the cause of Christ. Giving to advance the cause of Christ. Cause of Christ, and, and this is something that we get here at Cypress Street Church of God. Uh, we just came off of a Faith Promise weekend recently where we pledged over $30,000 to the cause of Christ, to advancing it through mission, uh, through missions, missionaries, and also through missional partners of various kinds, both locally and around the world. And, and so for a church of our size, that says something. And it says that we understand that we can advance the cause of Christ through our money. And that even though not all of us are called to go into the mission field in that sense, we can partner with those who do. And we can advance the cause of Christ through our money. So why spend a week talking about it if we get it? <laughs> well, first off, uh, not just because we as a church get it doesn't mean that everyone who shows up here on, on, on every Sunday morning is on the same page with us. And sometimes we have folks who are, are new to our church or whatever, and so we let them know that this is a value. This is something that we have that characterizes us as a church. And here's why. And not only that, but if we want to continue in this, if we want to uh, see this still be a value 10 years from now, then we have to keep heating that value up. We have to keep coming back to it and reminding ourselves and spurring each other on uh, in, in our giving. And so we're going to do it for that reason. But maybe most important is simply because when we look at what Jesus said, and we look at what his apostles said, and we look at what the Bible talks about from cover to cover, we see that it's not an issue that he avoids at all. Our, our money is something that he gets quite involved with throughout the Bible. And, and so we would be doing a disservice to Scripture if we didn't cover it regularly ourselves. And so we're going to cover it today. And if you're here with us and you're you know, not really, you wouldn't call yourself a Christian, then today's probably going to sound pretty crazy to you. <laughs> because... Uh, you know, we're just, it's just kind of, it's kind of crazy to talk about giving away as much money as we give away. But I hope that it says something to you about how seriously we take our faith and how seriously we take the claims of those who saw Jesus resurrect from the dead and, and how seriously we take the cause of Christ. People in the early church in the first century, they took the cause of Christ seriously. And many of them left behind homes, families, to go out into the mission field. Uh, this was not a world in which you get on a plane and go to the mission field. This is a world where travel was risky and dangerous. Uh, spreading the gospel was risky and dangerous. Just opening your mouth and saying the name of Jesus. And these men and women, they went and they boldly proclaimed, as Martin Luther said 
in, in advancing the cause of Christ. And one of those, and perhaps the chief amongst those workers in the early church, was the Apostle Paul. And he was an apostle sent to be a missionary, both to the Jews and also to the Gentiles, the non-Jews. And he went, and his story, you can read in the book of Acts, is incredible and would spur each of us on. It would do us well to revisit it from time to time and see just what all he did to advance the cause of Christ. He wrote a lot of letters as well to churches and other ministry partners. And in those letters we find out a lot about advancing the cause of Christ and what that looked like at the very beginning. And so in those letters also we find a lot of information about advancing the cause of Christ through our money. And one of those examples was in his letter to the church in Philippi. And he had a good, warm relationship with the church in Philippi. Him and the Philippians, they were kind of tight. <laughs> they, were, uh, they were, you can tell just when we read the bits of the letter, just like, uh, like this part early on that we read, I thank God every time I remember you. In all my prayers for all of you, I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from this day until now. And that word partnership, we're told, is, is used, it's like a business term, like a business partnership. And if you know anything about business partnerships, when you're partners in a business, legally, uh, you are equal partners, right? You have an equal share, both in the responsibility... Uh, if, you do, if the business does something illegal <laughs> and you're a partner, you share equal responsibility for that. Uh, likewise, though, you share equally in profits and things like that, that uh, you, you receive an equal share of that as well. And, and Paul uses this business term to tell the Philippians that he is grateful for their partnership in the gospel. And we're going to find out that that partnership was largely through their giving, their financial support of him and his ministry in the gospel. And, and so we get kind of more details as it goes on. And in fact, you know, at first all we know is, is that he was somehow blessed by their generosity. Uh, but later we find out, you know, that he is in prison writing this thing and that the Philippian the church in, in Philippi had been longing to help him but just didn't know how and you know think about in a day and time uh, like they lived in where communication was not what it is today and uh, and not only that but Paul's situation was unique I mean he went to he, he was traveling all over the place all the time so he was probably a hard guy to keep track of but you know, one day he's in Jerusalem, then he's arrested, and then he's transferred to Caesarea, and then he's put on a boat, and they're traveling, and they get shipwrecked in the winter storm, and have to winter someplace until a boat comes and gets them, and gets them all the way back to Rome. And, and so even if they had heard that he was arrested, it may have been quite some time before they finally heard, got word that, okay, he's in-house arrest in Rome. And, and so once they find out, okay, here's where he is, and it sounds like he's going to be there a while, let's send some help. And they enlist this guy named Epaphroditus uh, to go and take a gift to them. And uh, it's, we're told, we're told, he said, Not that I desire your gifts. What I desire is that more be credited to your account. 
I have received full payment and more than enough. I am amply supplied now that I have received from Epaphroditus the gifts you sent. They are a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice, pleasing to God. So we see here that there were gifts, plural, that were given. We don't know what all kinds of gifts. Maybe money, maybe food, maybe the parchment he was writing them back on, (laughs) maybe the ink that he wrote with. We don't know what all was included in those gifts, but they supplied his need. And he was grateful for it. But not just for himself, not just that, oh, now I can eat, but more than that, he said, he was glad for them that they had had the opportunity to partner in his work with the gospel so that it would be credited to their account. It reminds me of what Jesus said about storing up your treasure, right? Storing it up and keeping your eyes fixed on kingdom things and storing up your treasure there rather than on earth where things get destroyed and where you eventually are going to leave it behind anyway. And so Paul echoes that and says, you know, through your gifts... I'm glad this has been credited to your account. And not only that, but your gift is like a fragrant offering, an acceptable sacrifice. Your gift is pleasing to God. It's an act of worship to God. And when you gave to partner with me in the gospel, not only did you help me, not only did you help you in the long run, but you worshiped God through that. And these are the things that I'm most excited about, he said. Throughout the New Testament, we see examples of at least two kinds of giving. Two ways to use our money to advance the cause of Christ. One is using money to send workers. You know, last week we talked a lot about asking the Lord of the harvest to send out workers into the field. And, and so a couple of examples of this, you know, Paul wrote to the church in Rome one time saying he planned to go to Spain with the gospel. We don't know that he ever made it to Spain with the gospel, but he had hopes and dreams of doing so. And, and so he said, I hope to see you while passing through and to have you assist me on my journey there, to help send me there, to help me get there with the gospel. Uh, and to the church in Corinth, he said, uh, next time I come, you know, maybe I'll stay with you a little while so you can help me on my journey wherever I go next. So there's a, there's a sending that happens. In another case, uh, he wrote to someone he was mentoring, a, a young minister named Titus, and he said, do everything you can to help Zenos the lawyer and Apollos, who was a great evangelist of the first century, and see that they have everything that they need as they continue their work for the gospel. And so we, we see examples of using money to send people, but we also see examples of using money to maintain, to like an ongoing support. And an example here is the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should receive their living from the gospel. And maybe Paul was thinking of uh, Jesus' instructions that uh, when Jesus sent out the twelve and also when he sent out the seventy-two saying things like the worker deserves his wages and the worker is worth his keep and that word worker is what's used frequently throughout our New Testament 
for missionaries and evangelists, people who would go and take the gospel forward into our world. And so Jesus and Paul both emphasize that, that people who go and promote and advance the gospel should be supported in their work so that they don't have to split time, but can focus wholeheartedly on pushing the gospel forward. That's not to say that some people aren't called to do bivocational ministry or uh, or ministry in different forms, but we are blessed as a church to be able to support missionaries uh, and help support them along with other churches and, and people who help support so that they can give their full attention and undivided attention to advancing the cause of Christ. And in so doing, we get to be partners with them. And that's pretty cool. You know, some examples of this, you know, we do, I mean, the Gideons are here with us today, right? And we do special projects like that from time to time where something comes up and it's kind of like a sending sort of gift. It's a, sometimes just a, uh, something we do on, you know, maybe it's a regular basis or maybe it's just kind of uh, from time to time that we give a special gift to help support a missional work. Uh, we help with sending, like when, uh, when the cooties were here for a year-long furlough, and they were back on kind of home assignment, or whatever they call that, uh, then when it was time for them to go back to the Middle East, then we sent them. You know, we helped send them. We helped them with plane tickets, and, and helped them you know, get back into the mission field. So we advanced the cause through money when we send people, and also when we give to maintain. And this is David and Barbara Miller in Latin America. And they recently had a a thing where their needs to maintain their ministry increased with time. And that happens due to inflation or changing of circumstances or changing of ministries uh, where a missionary suddenly has to travel more in their role or whatever the case may be. And so their need increases. And we were glad that we had the funds available to increase our regular maintenance for them when they face that need. And so we do this as a church. We do both the sending and the maintaining with, with a lot of different kinds of ministries. Just this, uh, in the last week, we've received notes of gratitude from uh, Christian community ministries uh, saying thank you for our faithful giving and support and maintaining of that vital ministry to our inner city. And, and we also received a note of thanks from uh, Project 41 saying we can always count on Cypress Street. As they recently were doing a big move and we were able to send at least a couple of folks to go and help with that. Uh, help with that project. And we also we have people who cook meals for Project 41 when they need a meal or take supplies. And there's all these different ministries where we uh, show up and we, you know, if Cypress Street disappeared tomorrow, we would be missed. People would say, where is this faithful partner who has been there? That partner that we can always count on. And so it's a blessing to help advance the cause of Christ through money, to be a partner. And and when we use our money to advance the cause, this is just kind of summarizing what Scripture tells us. We know that gospel workers are empowered to do the ministry they've been called to do. We know that financial partners receive credit. That's those of us that give to do that. We are considered partners. We receive a credit. It's credited to our account for eternity. And God is pleased. We know He is pleased. It's an act of worship 
that's pleasing to him when we do that. So this is just a little bit of why. Why advance the cause of Christ? And I want to talk to you just for a moment about a couple of dangers that we run into today that keep us that keep us from being as generous as we would like to be. That keep us from partnering sometimes the way we would want to. And there's two things I think are unique to our culture today that they didn't really necessarily have to deal with on the scale that we do back when Paul was writing in the first century. One of those dangers that we face today is just overwhelming opportunities. Because in part, that whole communication thing, we're able to communicate and, and network globally and definitely in, across the United States and through social media and through mail, you know, even snail mail. I mean, to them in the first century, that would have felt like grease lightning mail, you know. That was, we think it's slow, but they would have thought, wow, you can get it there that fast. Uh, and so we have all these opportunities to learn about all these missional partners, you know, and also because maybe in America especially, you know, we have a a lot of wealth, a lot of the world's wealth is is found here, and so we're able to fund a lot more ministries, and so there's a lot more ministry opportunities out there, and a a lot of people specialize in different ministries, and so we receive, I don't know about you, uh, but I know I receive stuff, you know, just recently, in the mail, the other day, asking uh, for more support from someone, or, or from a, you know, a, a cousin that's wanting to go, or whatever the case may be. And of course at church we hear about opportunities, and, and you just get, go anywhere and listen to anything, and you hear about more opportunities, and it can be overwhelming at times, can it? And as a church, as a missions committee... We are bombarded all the time with you know this you know a friend of a friend or uh, or just people just randomly sending emails or making phone calls to churches and saying could you support us or other Church of God missionaries that are in a tough bind you know can you help us and uh, can I come and share about my ministry and and hopefully you can support us and it can be overwhelming at times and there's a danger that if we try to say yes to everything that we'll end up not being able to be faithful to all of it or we'll be so, uh, so spread thin that we won't be as effective as we would like to be to uh, help to any of them, right? Or that we would just bankrupt ourselves in the effort and then have nothing to give. And so there has to be some sort of balance. There has to be some sort of discernment. And that's something we have to pray about. What should we support? What should we not support? How much can we support this or that? Um, And realizing that we as a church and we as individuals can't do everything that's out there. But we can do some things. And if that feels like a burden, it is kind of a burden. It's kind of burdensome sometimes to sort through all that prayerfully. But I'd say it's worth it. It's worth it. And it doesn't compare to the burden that Christ bore for us. And so in our pursuit of the cause of Christ, let's embrace that burden and prayerfully discern where can we help, where should we help, where would God have us send the dollars that He's entrusted to us. And the other danger that we run into in our day and time, and this is a huge one, I think the biggest one, is debt and overspending. When we owe money on anything to anyone that's money tied up 
that could be going to advance the cause of Christ, but instead we're paying interest on it to the bank or to whomever, to the credit card company. Debt ties up money that we could be using to advance the cause of Christ, but instead we're paying interest. Not to mention the fact, uh, you know, the Bible talks about how the, the, the uh, borrower is a slave to the lender. It's just not a healthy thing. It's not a healthy situation that any of us want to be in. And sometimes we end up in that situation due to our circumstances. But more often than not, we end up in those circumstances due to our choices. And the things that we choose to purchase that maybe we couldn't afford yet and we could have saved up for it, but instead we thought we had to have it now and we went and did it. And that money gets tied up in all these monthly payments that we have to send out. And, and all of a sudden, the piece of the pie that we have that we could devote to the cause of Christ shrinks. And so oftentimes, you know, in our culture, especially if someone comes to Christ later in life, you know, and they weren't taught principles like tithing and giving and generosity as a child, and it wasn't something they started out in life doing, and they come to the church and they start hearing about, oh, we, you know, we're giving, we're doing this, we're doing that, give to this, give to that, tithe to the church, uh, support our ministry so we can keep going. And they're like, with what? <laughs> because I need my next paycheck just to pay all my bills and put food on the table for my kids. And that's because as a culture, we've embraced, embraced this, you know, live to the max, overspend, you know, debt piles up, and then we've got all these payments, and we're living from paycheck to paycheck. And it's not just a, an unwise way to live, but it's actually a way to live that hurts our ability to partner in the gospel. There are workers who are not empowered to promote the gospel and advance the cause of Christ because we have our money tied up and we can't send it. There's credit that we could be receiving in our heavenly account that we can't receive because we're paying it to the bank. There's Worship that could be given to God that could be so pleasing to Him but we've got our money tied up in other places. And it's something that we need to be aware of the danger of that and we need to take measures and steps to fight and combat that. One of the ways to do that is, is to find a resource and one of the resources that I've found I don't do I don't do every, I'll just confess. I don't do everything he says, even though I probably should. <laughs> but have you maybe heard of Dave Ramsey? Uh, you may not agree with everything he has to say. You may not like all of his uh, methods or whatever. But he's probably the leading voice, especially from a Christian perspective, on getting out of debt, on avoiding overspending, and on generosity and advancing the cause of Christ. And, and so, you, while you may not agree with everything that he has to say or all of his methodologies, one thing that I've found personally helpful is I listen to his podcast because I can't always tune in on the radio at the right time or whatever, but it's always available on my phone. And so I can just listen from time to time, like while I'm mowing the lawn or something. It's just, it's entertaining, for one, uh, just to hear other people's problems <laughs> and, uh, and hear him, you know, try to sort them out. But more than that, Here's what it does for me. is It helps me with the culture thing. Because in our culture, we're always surrounded by and bombarded by on TV, our friends, everything. Everyone's spending money. Everyone's buying more stuff. Everyone's, you know, financing stuff, whatever. That's what we're bombarded with in our culture. And so to, to listen 
in and, and to hear people calling in and saying, hey, we just paid off our mortgage and everything. We are debt free. We ate beans and rice to get there. And just to hear their stories, just to hear him talk about how the reasons why and, and how much you got to... It's like immersing yourself in a different culture that says debt is not great. Overspending is not great. And it's just helpful for me to be reminded of that because what we hear from the outside all the time is that that's the way to live. And so I'd encourage you to find a resource like that. He's, he's got a book, Total Money Makeover. He's got workshops, uh, financial peace workshops that you can go to. And if that's something that you would like to go to, let us know as a church. We can help you find one. And I would like us even to look into helping you pay for your registration if, we need, if you need help with that. It's worth going to, to get free from some of that debt, to start getting serious about it so that you can free up space in your budget to advance the cause of Christ. Because we can talk about generosity all day long and there's none of us, I doubt, that are going to stand up and say, that's a bad idea. (laughs) I don't want to give money to advance the cause of Christ. Who would say that? No, what we say is, I would love to, but... And so let's not just keep getting you know, warm feelings about, yes, wouldn't it be wonderful? Isn't it great that our church gives? But those of us who are struggling to get out of debt or to stop overspending, let's get serious about taking steps to free up space in our budget so that we can partner with the gospel, so that we can advance the cause of Christ the way we would want to. Sound good? <laughs> Now here's a, I put this quote, I couldn't resist putting this quote in there, but it, it's kind of, <clears throat> it's kind of a, a kick to the gut, but at least it was for me. What possible reason could there be for not matching my expenditure on luxuries with expenditure on my partnership in the gospel, with the gospel? What possible reason could there be? We live in a world where so many luxuries so many luxuries. And so many of those luxuries were told, again, in advertisements and everything else, that they are our rights, that they are what we deserve. But they're luxuries. They're not necessities, right? And, and what possible reason could we have for spending more on luxuries than we do on advancing the cause of Christ? And, and how is that even wise, given that our life here on earth is temporary? And someday all those luxuries will be left behind. And we'll have nothing to show for a single one of them. So how wise would it be for us to spend more on luxuries than on our partnership in the gospel? So let's not tire of praying to advance the cause of Christ. And let's not tire of wisely and prayerfully discerning our part in advancing the cause of Christ with our money. In this way, the Apostle Paul taught us that we become partners with the greatest cause the world has ever known, the cause of Christ. Let's pray together. Father, thank you for blessing us so richly. We're so blessed. And may we never see those riches as merely an opportunity for our personal enjoyment, but primarily as an opportunity to advance the cause of Christ. 
Holy Spirit, you know where each person is with this in the room. We're all in different places on our, on our journeys of faith, and we're all in different places on our journeys with, with money and with generosity. And I'm so thankful that it's not up to me to try and meet each person in this room where exactly where they're at. But you, Holy Spirit, speak to each of our hearts. Help us each grow in this, whether that means fighting debt or spending or whether that means bravely trusting you to provide for our needs as we give more generously. You've been so generous to us. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen.